Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. God has provided so many good things for us through His great redemptive plan, through the blood covenant, and He wants us to experience more than what we have. That is experienced already. You know there's more to experience in God? If you're saved out there, He wants you to use your faith to get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues. I'm telling you, that's exactly what He wants you to do. He wants you to have more of the same. That is more of His power, more of His life on the inside of you. And the more you take your faith and use your faith to experience the blessings of God, then the, the more power you're going to have with God, the more ability is going to be in your life to get out there and do the works of the Lord. He wants us to turn our faith up a notch, praise God, and expect great things and bigger things and glorious things, more glorious things in our lives. He wants us to, de to develop a, a righteousness consciousness so that we have confidence in knowing that our trust is in the Almighty God. And we can expect Him to do great and glorious things. Why? Because we're somebody special? No. But because we know that in Jesus we're somebody special. Amen? In Jesus we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. In Jesus we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In Jesus, all things are ours. All the promises of God are yea and amen. That's if we believe it, and that's if we say it, and that's if we enforce it, praise God. And so He wants us to turn our faith up a notch. Hallelujah. And use our faith. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by how? Faith. Beloved, get in on this tonight. If you make a decision to get in on this, you are going to get something out of this. Did you know that? Give your attention to the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God move upon your heart and move upon your, your mind. And I guarantee you, He'll quicken the Word make it alive in, inside of you. It's going to change your life. It'll revolutionize your life. It'll set some things in motion in your life that are absolutely going to open up the door to blessings and victories in your life. In my life also. I'm not exempt from that. Praise God. And above that, believe me. So here we see that Paul reveals to us in Romans 1.17 that the just are to live by faith. God wants us to live by faith. Faith is the practical application of all those things that belong to us in Christ. It's just applying those things to our lives through this force called faith. And God wants us to do that. And He wants us to turn up our faith, turn our faith up a notch and just keep it getting higher and higher and bigger and bigger and better and better and, and more useful so that we can just explore all the blessings of God and have them all explode within our midst, in our lives. That's what God wants for every single one of us, beloved. Well, you say, well, how do we do that? Beloved, I believe... We've got to understand certain things in order to apply the principles of faith to our lives. If we're going to experience what, our, what things are ours in Christ, we are going to have to learn to be effective in using our faith and to cooperate with God. I believe that. In the book of Romans, here in chapter 1, but look at chapter 8 and verses 1 and 2, we understand that there are certain laws at work in the earth today. The first one in Romans 8, 2 is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the second one in Romans 8, 2 is the law of sin and death. There are two laws at work in the earth today. Two. In the spiritual realm. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. 
One works by fear and one works by faith. One operates on fear and the other one operates on faith. And if you can understand this, both are set in motion through words. The words that we speak, the words that we believe. If we believe and speak words of life, we are going to set in motion those things that will create life and cause the things of life to come to us. If we believe in fear-filled words, then those fear-filled words are going to cause death to come our way and it will open up the door to death. How do you know that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Notice these two laws. The law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and what? Death. Life and death. Jesus says, my words are spirit and my words are life. If his words are spirit life, what are Satan's words? Death. No doubt about it. He will speak death. God will always speak life. And if we understand that those two laws operate on words, either by faith or by fear, then we recognize by using our faith, we can either promote life or we can promote death. Now, beloved, that's as basic as we can possibly make it. It's as basic as it gets. You know, your lawnmower probably runs on fuel, right? Or you have electric, electric lawnmower, then it runs on electricity. Well, this law operates on words and, and the force of faith or fear. And if we'll use the right words, we'll set right things in motion and we'll cause right things to come into our lives. The Bible says uh, in John 10.10 10, that Jesus came to give us life in abundance. But Satan comes to steal, kill, that's death, and destroy. How does he do that? With words. He'll speak some words to us, some words to our minds to produce some thoughts in our minds that will produce strongholds, thoughts, imaginations, and strongholds so that we can be controlled by the powers or the forces of death. But God is saying, no, no, it, it may line up with human reasoning and all that. and You may view yourself that way in the flesh, but he says, no, I want you to start walking away from that law of sin and death. You know, the Bible says that Jesus made us free from the law of sin and death. He made us free from the law legally, but not from its operation. In other words, in order for us to walk free from that, we've got to do something about that. He initially set us free legally, but we, in order to stay free and remain free and to promote life in our lives, we've got to learn how to, through faith, set in motion the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that's what God wants us to do. That's what He is encouraging us to do. And that's why Jesus says, My words are spirit life. They are containers of life. And if we'll speak the words of life and believe in the words of life, then we're going to open up the door to blessings and to that which promotes life in abundance in our lives. If we continue to feed on words of fear, words that produce fear, then we're going to set in motion through fear the things that will promote death and destruction. And that's why, beloved, I want to say this to, to, to the body of believers here. I wanted to say something this morning, but I didn't get that opportunity. So I'll say it here tonight, and I'll probably say it right on through the week, and including Sunday morning. We have already been through an election. And people have voted. And a decision has been made. You hear a lot of talk going on out there. Oh, what's going to happen now? You hear all this about, oh, it's terrible now, and this is going to happen, that's going to happen, these bad things are going to happen. And, of course, there'll be others saying that good things are going to happen. But, beloved... The time is, is now for believers to unite together and believe God together and speak words of life. 
When Paul told those people to Timothy, told them to pray for the leadership of the land, we're talking about heathens that were in office. Those that didn't know how to believe God, didn't care about believing God. They were promoting things of death. They weren't concerned about life. And, and Paul said, pray for those that are in leadership. And if you'll pray for them, you'll lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And many will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Beloved, if God has saved Sodom and Gomorrah for ten righteous in the land, I believe that God will move because you prayed out there. And I'm praying and believing God. He'll turn the hearts of those that are in leadership. He'll see to it that He is bigger and shows Himself to be bigger in our land than what anybody out there attempts to do. Beloved, we've got to speak words of life and not death. And if we'll speak words of life, God will get involved in the activities of our governmental affairs and we'll see to it that some change is going to be made, praise God, for the good. And so let's maintain that positive perspective. And let's maintain faith in believing that God is still going to be able to be bigger than those that are in leadership. Do you believe that? Praise God, then say it. Start saying it. And don't pray for leaders and then, then bad talk, you know, the people in your next breath. Speak that which promotes life, praise God, and let God continue to work mightily. Well, these two laws are at work in the earth today. And the thing is, we've got to learn how to operate in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We've got to learn about that law, how that law operates, so that we can walk in it and experience all the blessings of it. And God wants us to do that. And we do that how? We do that by faith. Faith is what causes it to work. Well, what is faith? Well, beloved, I, I like what one pastor said. I think it's important that we view it this way because unless we do, we make a mind game out of it and we try to figure this all out and, and, and no one really knows what to do with regard to, to acting in faith or walking in faith. Faith is like being on a diving board and you look down into the pool and there's no water in there. And you begin your jump and you're springing off that board because you know that God spoke and said, you jump, I'll fill it. And so you continue and then you finally take your leap off the diving board. There's no water in there yet. But God said, you jump, I'll fill it. And so you jump and you know that before you hit bottom, God fills it. That's really what faith is all about. You don't jump, He doesn't fill. You say, no, Lord, you fill it, I'll jump. Isn't that how we are? No, Lord, you fill it, I'll jump. He says, no, you jump, I'll fill it. Come on. That's what we want. That's how we want to operate. That's how we want to live our lives. You heal me, I'll believe it. He says, no, you believe it, I'll heal you. You provide it, I'll believe it. No, I'll provide it. I'll provide it when you believe it. You believe it, I'll provide it. You see that? And to try to explain that to somebody is not an easy thing to do. It's like when Peter got out of the boat. Jesus said, come. He gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. Try to figure that out. You don't come, you don't walk. That's all there is to it. It was like when they stood right there before the, the, the sea, the, the river. And what did he tell them to do? He says, you tell them to start walking on the water, walking out into the water first, and then they'll get across. And you remember some of the testimonies back there in Indonesia that took place. They didn't just walk on the water without their feet going into the water. They started walking out, got ankle deep, and then they continued to walk that way. But they had to step out first. But, beloved, that's what faith is all about. You dive off the board with no water in the pool, and then God fills the pool on your way down. You like that, don't you? <laughs> I can see some of you sweating right now. 
Is that really what it's like? That's really what it's like. I said, that's really what it's like. But you see, here's the point. You know your covenant so well. You know your Father's love for you so well. You know the Word so well. You have been so schooled in the Word of God. And you know the voice of the Lord so well. that You know that He said, you jump, I feel. And so in, in mid-air, you're just having a ball. Praising God, thanking God for the victory. And then before you hit bottom, the water is there. And there's a miracle that takes place. We want to bypass all that. See, we, we want to have our five physical senses satisfied first before we set any spiritual law in motion. And then if we have those five physical senses satisfied, then it's easy to get out there and jump. It's easy, you know. But that's not, that's not the way it is. Well, why did God make it that way? I don't know. He's God. That's just the way it is. We're supposed to learn about it and appropriate it and apply it to our lives in a practical way, aren't we? Absolutely. Well, I want to share something with you. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Mark 11, to that familiar text in verse 23. This is what faith is all about. And if we're going to turn our faith up a notch, then we're going to have to start saying some things that promote life. Start saying some things before we see those things materialize in our lives. We're going to have to start diving off the board knowing that God's going to fill up the pool. Amen. That's what God wants, because that's what sets in motion the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We start saying some things. We start speaking out some things. We start confessing the Word of God, speaking what belongs to us, saying what belongs to us, and standing against that which does not belong to us in a positive and forceful way. And, beloved, if we'll begin doing that and, and turning that up a notch, you'll turn your faith up a notch, and you're going to begin to see some greater glory and more glorious things take place in the spiritual realm. In Mark 11 and 23, Jesus explaining what faith is all about said, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, but, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. It's the person who believes that those things which he says will come to pass who will have those things that he says. And he says, this is how faith operates. This is how you set in motion the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You begin to teach your heart that what you say with your mouth will come to pass. You start believing that and believing that in a greater measure, in a greater way, so that you are mindful of those things that you believe and those things that you say. And as you start saying those things that line up with the Word of God, you are assured that God will fill the pool up with water. If we don't jump, beloved, God doesn't fill up the pool. We've got to learn to begin to, to, to do our part. And if we'll do our part and be more actively involved in doing our part, then it'll set in motion spiritual laws that, that mean that God has got to fulfill His part. Otherwise, His Word is no good. God wants us to view it that way. And that's why He made that covenant with us. And we've talked to you about the, the covenant that we have with Him. Well, didn't he say, my son, attend to my words and climb thine ear into my sayings? Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Then my words will become what? They'll become what? Jesus came to give us life in abundance. But how did he come to do it? He came to do it in word form. To get a hold of his word, to take his word to put into our hearts is to put life into our spirits. When we find out what God's Word says about the different circumstances and aspects of our lives, and beloved, we are taking the seed of life, planting it inside our heart, and allowing it to grow and grow until it finally begins to bear fruit in our lives. That means we are taking that part or that aspect of the life and nature of God, we're planting it into our spirit beings, it's becoming alive or a living thing. 
We start doing that by speaking that word and speaking that word and setting that law of the spirit of life in Christ, of Christ Jesus in motion. And as we do that, then it becomes a reality to us. It becomes a living thing in us. And spiritual things are made real to us. Now, I want to share with you how this works so that we can better see it. You recall I shared with you somewhat of a testimony about Brother Terry Mize. How many of you remember that? I'd like to reiterate that once again this evening. Brother Terry Mize got a hold of the faith message and he began to, to study Mark eleven twenty three, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, how our words affect our lives, how our words open up the door to life or death. And he began to school himself. Very diligent in schooling himself in faith, in its operation. Beloved, do not be deceived or misled. And don't err in your thinking or in mind. This is a process of deprogramming and reprogramming our lives. That is no small thing. That is no easy process. No one has a magical wand the way that can do that overnight. If you see anyone walking in the power and the authority of the Word of God, you know that person has been diligent in the Word of God, and that person has faced obstacles, storms, op opposing forces of darkness, and whatever Satan would bring that person's way to get the Word out of his life, and that person has, has stood firm against that opposing force or opposition, and rose up victorious saying that I will make God's Word be a reality to my life. I will promote life in my life. I will set in motion the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I will rise up above the clouds of adversity and be more than a conqueror in all my circumstances. And believe me, that person was challenged. And without being challenged and without continuing to uh, appropriate the word of faith, beloved, we're never going to grow, we're never going to develop, and we're never going to mature in operating in the word of God. And so you know you're going to be tested, tempted, tried, and challenged and all that. But in the face of all that opposition, you know that it's bred for you to grow. You're going to grow, you're going to develop, you're going to mature spiritually and in your faith because your trust and confidence in God is growing Every time you're tempted, tested, and tried, and, and every time uh, the forces of darkness come against you, and you stand firm in the Word and on the Word and refuse to give in and to cave in. Well, Brother Terry was uh, continuing in this and just learning the Word of faith, and he was out there on the missionary field and, and uh, serving God and busy serving God and busy doing the work of God that God had called him to. And one day he began his trip back home. I won't tell you where he was at and all that. I, I told you last time I got a little criticized for talking about someone's country. So I won't say that. But anyhow, they, he was on his way back home and he saw a hitchhiker on the road. And he stopped by. He says, God didn't necessarily tell me to do it. He drove by once and then turned around and came back and just picked the fellow up. He figured he needs to know about Jesus. And so he just turned back and picked up the fellow and allowed him to get into the car with him. And so he sat down there on the seat next to him in the car, and he looked over at him and noticed that he had a, a gun on his lap. That would be a cause for concern, wouldn't you say? And so he has this gun on his lap, and finally he sticks it into his ribs and grabs him by the collar, and he says, I'm going to kill you. 
Yeah. Quite a dilemma, wouldn't you say? He says, I'm going to kill you. Well, Brother Terry just sat there in the car, and of course, all you talk about emotions, you talk about fear coming your way, you're talking about sweat, you know, pouring down your, your side, the side of your, you talk about every imaginable emotion going on on the inside of you. But he sat there in that car, and he, he, knew, he knew that the first thing he had to deal with was fear, because fear is what makes Satan's kingdom work. He knows that fear is what causes death, you know, to operate. And so he, knew, he, he kept saying, God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And he said that out. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And the fellow wanted him to shut up. He didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know what he was saying. But he just kept saying, well, God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And then he sat there knowing that, you know what? I know that I've got to be beyond mental ascent. This is no time to, you know, answer the questions about whether or not you're in faith or mental ascent. There's not much time to get those questions answered. You better know that you're going to have everything within you directed toward life and faith and belief in the Almighty God. And so he knew that. And he dealt with the fear problem and he dealt with the mental ascent problem. And he began just to speak out in line with the Word of God. And he just looked at the fellow and said, No, you are not going to harm me and you are not going to kill me in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Now I want you to notice that he spoke words. He spoke words and the other fellow spoke back and he said, I am going to kill you. And Brother Jeremiah says, no, you're not going to kill me. You can't harm me in the name of Jesus. And there was a battle going on in that car, a battle of words. And if you will, a battle of kingdoms, a warfare between life and death out there on a missionary field. That fellow was determined to kill him. And he said, no, I'm staying alive in Jesus. And he said, I knew my authority. I knew what I had. That he had the power of God in his life. He had the ability of God in his life. He had a promise of long life from God. And he set out. He said, now, God, I'm speaking your word in this situation. He just spoke it out and said, and I'll tell you what, I'm speaking your word. You've got to take care of the bullet. I'm speaking your word. You've got to take care of the bullet. I'll jump. You fill the pool up. I'll jump. You fill up the pool. I'm speaking your word in this situation. I'm not acting in the flesh. I'm not acting in fear. I'm not acting in mental sin. I'm saying what your word says about this situation. And the guy wants him to shut up. And finally says, aren't you afraid? To ask him, he says, aren't you afraid? He said, no, I'm not afraid. So why should I be afraid? All you have is a gun that's loaded. I've got the name of Jesus. Now I want you to notice he is speaking words of faith. He is speaking words of life. He's speaking what he believes. How do you teach this to someone? Teach me faith. This is faith in action, beloved. And to be frank about it, what it can do is inspire your faith. It won't build faith, but it will inspire you to use the faith that you have. And you'll see after this testimony how it inspired someone else to use her faith. And she got a miracle from God also. You believe that what you say will come to pass and you will have whatsoever you say. And he said, you will not and you cannot kill me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fellow kept saying, I'm going to kill you. He just got so frustrated. He finally said, look, pull, pull the car over, over by a cornfield. And he said, I want you to give me your rings, your watch, your money, and all this stuff. And so he pulled the car over, and he did. He, the fellow took the keys out of the ignition and said, now get out of the car. And so he gets out of the car. He t tells him to go to the front of the car, and he stands there in front of the car. And once again, he says, you can't harm me. You can't kill me in the name of Jesus and a fellow walked right over to him and put the gun right between his eyes. And he says, he just yelled as loud as he could, I am going to kill you if you say another word. 
right? Once again, he just said, you cannot harm me and you will not kill me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fellow got so upset, he just stepped back and just shot five shots. He says, I counted five shots and those shots went down between my legs. He says, at point blank range, he just stood, stood back and shot five times, looked at the bullets that went down to the ground there. And, and finally, he reloaded his gun and said, I want you to get back there in the cornfield. And so he says, I walked back into the cornfield, in the cornfield. He says, now take off your clothes. He says, there I was, this great man of faith over there in the cornfield in my underwear. Now, can you imagine that? And so the fellow, I guess he concluded that I'm not going to kill this fellow, but I'm going to rob him. I'm going to take all that he has. I've got his rings. I've got his watch. I've got his money. And I've got his car keys. I've got his car. I've got his clothes. And so he takes off. And he starts running towards the car. And there he is once again. And he said, God, I'm operating in the spirit. I'm not operating in the flesh. I'm operating in the word of God. I'm speaking words of life. And once again, beloved, I want you to see something here about the words that we speak. He took that authority, he said, to the man. I mean, most people would say, just let him get out of there and go. But he said, hey, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you come back here. The fellow did a 180, turned around and went right on back to him. He says, do you want to tell me something? He said, yeah. He says, you found out that you couldn't kill me. And also, I'm telling you, you can't rob me either. In the name of Jesus. You know, he got more frustrated with him. But finally, he ended up saying, you know, I like you. He said, I really like you to, 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 to Terry Mize. He said, I like you. He said, you can't rob me. You can't kill me. You can't rob me. And he says, besides all this, he says, I'm delayed. I'm on my way home. He said, let's get in the car and go. The fellow says, okay, but I'm driving. He says, no, I told you, you have no authority over my life. You get in the back seat. I'm driving. Give me the keys. He gave him the keys, got in the back seat of the car. Took off down the road. It was a little bit out of the way. He, was going. he says, where do you want me to go? He says, you can come up me. You know, me casa su casa, which means, you know, your house is my house. My house is your house, rather. And that was their expression there. And he said, you can come with me or I'll drop you off wherever you want to go. He says, I got some friends up on a mountain. He says, just take me up, drop me off over there. He proceeded to tell them about Jesus, about the resurrection and everything. And once again, he says, you can come with me or you can, I'll drop you off. He says, I'll just, you know, just go over there. Just drop me off over there. He only had a certain amount of money on him, and he only had, you know, his, his possessions. He had a lot of uh, equipment there. As a matter of fact, on one occasion, he wanted to pull, take the microphone out and, and all that. He told him, put it down, it belongs to God, didn't belong to him. He listened to him. And uh, finally, to make it short, he just went and dropped him off. And when he did, he gave him some money. He gave him some food. And he gave him some, even his, he gave him his watch, he gave him his ring. He says, look, I'm just going to bless you with this. You couldn't rob me, but I'll give him to you. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. And he shared the gospel with him and dropped that fellow off over there and went on on his way back home perfectly safe and perfectly sound because he promoted life with the words that he spoke and overcame the power of death. That man had previously killed other missionaries. Having no regard or respect for them, he didn't care. He wasn't concerned about it. But he was not killed because he knew his authority and was not afraid to speak words of life. Well, one day he was at a, one of Kenneth Hagin's camp meetings and some girl came running up to him and, and wanted to see him. And he says, well, what in the world would she want to see me for? Well, apparently, good news travels. And Brother John Osteen had heard about the testimony 
what took place when he picked up that hitchhiker, and he began to share it at Ramah one night. And as he shared that at Ramah one night, some girl was there listening to the teaching that he was giving and the testimony that he was sharing with the people. And so that night she left the service and she went to her apartment. And when she went to her apartment, she opened up the door, she went inside, shut the door, turned on the light, only to see some fella, some guy there who had taken off his clothes and was there to rape her. And she said, you know, it just hit me. That testimony just hit me. I stood there looking at that fella, and I remember exactly what, what, what was done. And she said, faith was just, just so alive inside my heart. I stood there, and I rebuked him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when she rebuked that fella in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he turned around, went into the bathroom, put on his clothes, walked right by her, opened up the door, and left. His word says belongs to us, and then He wants us to become tenacious in our faith. He wants us to rise up in boldness, and as the Bible says, that we're going to take what belongs to us by force. Oh, we're going to be tested. We're going to be challenged, beloved. We are going to be tried. We have an enemy out there that is relentless as far as his attacks, are, his attacks on our lives are concerned. But, thanks be to God, we have a source of strength and power that supersedes all all the strategies of the enemy. We have got a shield of faith that can quench every fiery dart. We have more than just the helmet of salvation. There are so many out there right now, believers, who are walking around only with the helmet of salvation. Know what I mean by that? They are genuinely saved, children of the Most High God, but they don't have on the breastplate of righteousness. They don't know that the righteousness of God in Christ, and they're walking around with what? with guilt and condemnation and inferiority. And as a result, they're speaking, well, you know, if God will do it, He'll do it for somebody else, but He won't do it for me. I'm just a worm in the dust. I just can't get my prayers answered and all that. I'm unworthy to go to His presence. Wait a minute. Those words are promoting the powers of death. Those words will keep you in defeat. Those words will make you sink and not stay on top and, and be above. If those things will make you be the tail and not the head. God wants us to realize that we also have His blessed breastplate of righteousness. It belongs to us. And so don't just be clad with the helmet of salvation walking around. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Ooh, that hurts. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Ooh, another dart of the devil just getting you on that side, this side, the other side. Don't do that. You're also the righteousness of God in Christ. And put on that breastplate of righteousness and start talking about it. Start thinking it out. Start saying that you are the... You'll, you'll promote the, 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 in your life the, the law of the Spirit of life. It'll set some things in motion that'll cause you to stand with your shoulders back tall and believing that you become the righteousness of God in Christ. And therefore, no weapon formed against you can possibly prosper. Why? Because this is your heritage. You belong to God. You're the righteousness of God. Say this with me. No weapon formed against me can prosper because this is my heritage. I belong to God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. And see, that covers you here. The vital organs, your heart, your spiritual condition, your initiative. If you think like that, if you think you're inferior, and if you think you can't do it and you can't get put over and all that because of, of all the mistakes you've made in your life, who hasn't made a mistake? Who hasn't sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? We've all been there where we've missed the mark or we've seen things improperly or incorrectly. The enemy will use that as a tool to speak words to us that will put us down and under. 
but we can rise up tall, praise God, and we can start proclaiming who we are, the righteousness of God in Christ, and we'll quench those fiery darts of the devil with our shield of faith and our breastplate of righteousness. We'll have our loins girt about with truth, praise God. I'm going to tell you something. We've got, we've got to start changing this, this, this armor because some, their loins aren't girt about with truth. They're girt about with deception. Well, God will heal you if He wills to heal you. Take that thing off. Take that thing off. Throw it away as far as you can. Get a new one. Get a brand new one. You want your loins girt about with truth, not half-truths. You want your loins girt about with, with the integrity of the Word of God. You want to know that when you jump, God fills the pool. That's what you want to know. And so you start saying, if God heal anybody, it would be me because it belongs to me. Healing is mine. I have a right to be healed. It's been provided for me. He heals all my diseases as well as forgiving all of my sins. That is the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. And as far as I'm concerned, I have already been healed by the stripes of Jesus. But no, the devil will come along and say, yes, but you're sick, friend. Words of death, words of destruction, words of doom, words of gloom, and you're not going to make it. Beloved, God wants us once again to turn our faith up a notch, to look to the Word of God and start saying, No, I promote the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made me free from the law of sin and death. My freedom comes by Jesus Christ, whom the Son of Man hath made free is free indeed. And therefore, that sickness, that disease was placed on Him on Calvary's cross. He took it to the place of destruction and, and, and total damnation. He left it there. It's no longer part of my life. Praise God. I am free and with the stripes I am healed and my body's going to have to change its way of feeling. And my mind's going to have to change its way of thinking. And what happens is that promotes the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You say, but well, when he heals me, I'll do that. No, no. You want him to fill the pool up first. See, and then jump. That's not what he wants us to do. He wants us to start saying it first. Jump first. And you see, when you jump, then he fills the pool up with water. That's exactly what faith is all about, beloved. Start saying it right in the face of of adversity. Start saying it right in the face of contradictory circumstances. Start saying it, praise God, when it seems like it's an impossibility. And start believing that with your God, nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult with the God that you serve because He is the God of all flesh and said, nothing is too hard for me. You think that's a hard one? It's not too hard for the God that you serve, beloved, to bail you out of whatever situation, you know, may be. Now, now, now think about that. And believe me, beloved, when you teach along these lines, sometimes people get upset because here's another Christian that will come along and say, well, you know, I was in the same similar situation, you know, and I got shot or, or, or I was raped or whatever. And beloved, please... Please bear with me here. It is so vitally important for everyone to be taught their authority before these situations arise. In a lot of situations, fear does take over and the, the forces of death can prevail. This is no cakewalk, beloved. This isn't a picnic. This world in which we are living is not a playground. It's a battlefield. Can you see that? And if we are untaught and unprepared when it comes to standing against these things, if we do not know how to use our authority when we need to use our authority and we have to go, you know, find or find somebody to, to try to give you the right verse or whatever it is, I'll tell you what, we, we better be well taught of the Lord. 
We better know that no weapon formed against us can prosper. We better know that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. I'll tell you something right now. You know, we unleashed and loosed our angels when we went over to the Philippine Islands. And I know for a definite fact that they did show themselves. I, I know that they were there. I know those people saw something. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that there was divine intervention that came from God. Now, we can go on and show that, that those that believe God. How many remember the, the story of the breach in the wall of prayer? The breach in the wall of prayer. Where, where these individuals, they had a, a mission they were on. They had to take uh, certain goods from one destination to another. And there were certain bandits that were out. And they were just watching the situation because they were robbing the caravans that were going from that place to another. And when they would get so far out there into the night, they would rob them, take all the goods. And of course, then they'd be happy and they'd be well fed and they'd be rich. And so they were involved in doing this on a continual basis. And one night these people went out and they were believers. And the one who was in charge and leadership was a, was a believer who believed God for great and glorious things. And he would, every single night as they were on their journey, he would speak the Word of God. Now listen carefully. He'd speak, what does speaking the Word of God do? Sets the spirit of life, the law of life in Christ Jesus. The, the law of the spirit of life, it sets it in motion. It sets spiritual laws into motion. Faith taps into life and explodes life in our lives, causing it to be a reality to us. And so they, he was speaking the Word of God every night. What took place was they were out there in the night and they wanted to go in there and just overcome the people and take all the goods and just, you know, possibly kill some of them or whatever if anybody tried to stop them. But when they went there to go and steal the goods, they got, they got close and saw that there was a wall up. Someone had built up some type of portable wall around the whole camp. And they couldn't understand it. And so they waited for another opportune time. And the next night came along and they went out once again. They tried to break in. And that fellow, before he went to bed that night once again, said his prayer of faith. He believed God, that God would protect him, protect the people, protect the goods that was under his care and charge. And as he was doing that, he was setting spiritual laws and motions. And beloved, when you set spiritual law and motions, you know angels get busy. Building walls, praise God. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him to deliver them. What do they do? They pitch a tent, praise God, to get the, to compel the enemy to do what? To desist and to give up and to cave in. And that's what they did. They went again that night and, and could not penetrate the wall that was built there. They couldn't figure this thing out. Where are they getting this portable wall at night? They put up these walls and we can't penetrate. We can't get in. Couldn't figure it out. Finally, on the next night, there was a breach in the wall. The wall was there, but there was a breach in the wall. Got on the inside, went over to the leader and shook him, woke him up. He's startled by what he sees and they're there. They can overcome them, overtake them, take all the goods and all that. And, and there he is. He figured, well, here they are. What are we going to do now? And he said, look, I mean, this, the leader of the bandits said, look, we're not concerned about taking anything you have. What we want to know is, where did this wall come from? Why is it this, the first night we couldn't get through this wall, second night we couldn't get through these walls, but now all of a sudden, we got through this little, there was a little breach, there was a little hole, we can get into there. What's going on here? He said, oh, I believe, I'm a born again believer, I believe God. The God that I serve when I pray in faith believing, He set up those walls. To protect us and His holy angels are out there working for us. He says, only thing I could think of, you know, when I went to bed last night, I didn't really pray in faith. He says, I made a half-hearted attempt to pray. And he says, that's the only thing that I could think of to say why the hole was in the wall. 
And that's how you got in. You know, that fellow was so impressed by what he heard. He gave his heart to Jesus and all the bandits that were there accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and went on with them. Because of that miracle that took place. I want you to know that when you speak words of life, you set spiritual law in motion and angels begin to minister for you because you're the heir of salvation. They'll pitch their portable tents. They'll set up their portable walls, praise God. And they'll move on your behalf. And they'll move on your behalf and they'll work for you. Do you see that? They'll actually do those things. Now, someone out there said, oh, now you're getting a little bit too far out. I'll tell you what, beloved, we better turn our faith up a notch and start believing that these things of the Spirit are real. We better start believing that God is on our side. He's with us and He's for us and He's in us and He's not against us. We've got to recognize that if anyone wants to tell us that we can't involve angels in our affairs, it's because those are words of death designed to destroy our faith, designed to, to, to paralyze the ministry of angels in our lives. We've got to realize that the need for us to have an accurate, concise understanding of the Word of God and what belongs to us so that we can take our place and we can speak out those words of life and set these spiritual laws in motion. Knowing that if your child goes off somewhere, you know, you can believe for those angels to be busy about building those walls of protection for your child that's out there, praise God. And when you're on your traveling journeys, as we shared the testimony with you, how we loose the angels of God to go before us. It was a treacherous night that night. And we believe God for the angels to be loose. And God allowed us to see our angels in the spiritual realm as they were all dressed up like snowmen. I mean, you know, God has a sense of humor also, I guess. And they, they dressed them up for the occasion or whatever. But there, we, there they were right, right in front of our car. One on one side, one on the other. And just waving at us, our angels. Why? Because we spoke words of life and set spiritual law in motion and believed in those things that belong to us. God wants us to start speaking these words, believing in Mark eleven twenty three that we believe that we will have what we say. We believe it from the heart, so we say it with the mouth. But the thing is to get the heart to believe in line with the Word of God. Find out what God says. That's why meditation is of utmost importance, beloved, to each and every one of our lives. If we'll meditate what belongs to us and clearly see it, and then believe it and start speaking it, certain things are going to begin to take place. Our condition of heart is slowly going to be changed. We are going to reprogram ourselves as we deprogram ourselves. We'll be reprogrammed to operate in the way of light. We fell victim to the way of death. When Adam fell, we began to speak death. Death's been passed down from one generation to another. And it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse as each generation goes by. All the words that are being spoken are nothing but doom and nothing but gloom and, and how bad it's getting to be. I mean, p parents are even saying, we don't want to bring kids into the world anymore because look at the world we're bringing them into. Well, I'll tell you what, praise God, we can still believe that they come into this world. We can believe that the greater one still will provide a way for them to be taken to, with him in glory. Hallelujah. We can believe for big things. And God wants us to believe for big things. He wants us to remove the boundaries that limit him in, in our lives. He wants us to remove the barriers that make him small and begin to think big and think that the words that you say, you think it's just because the name was Terry Mize that that miracle took place? It didn't take place because of a Terry Mize or what that girl's name was. I didn't even know what that girl's name was. But that person that wanted to rape her, he took off because what, he, what she said with her mouth set in motion some, some, some laws. Now, he may have seen an angel so big, so big, he just, you know, got it out of there in a quick hurry. Uh, you'd run too if you saw some of them. Big. They're big. But you see, it was the word of faith 
that she spoke. It was the word of faith that he spoke and he refused and she refused to give in to the fear and to the emotions. And beloved, that's what this is all about. To turn our faith up a notch means depend less on our five senses. To turn our faith up a notch means to depend less on our emotional feelings. To turn our faith up a notch means to depend less or believe less in the report of the physician or of the financial advisor or whatever it is. To turn our faith up a notch means to refuse to listen to the reports of death that are constantly bombarding our ears by satanic forces. To turn our faith up a notch means that we stand there, we look down in that swimming pool, and we see nothing but cement below, but we have the assurance, praise God, that beneath me are His everlasting arms, and He said that I will live and I'll not die, and He'll fill the pool with water. Like He told Thomas, Thomas, you want to see it to believe it. Blessed are they that believe without seeing, praise God. To turn our faith up a notch is to, is to look to the Word of God, and, and, and actively and diligently begin saying what God says about our situations until the Word of God prevails in our hearts and in our lives. It will create realities. It will produce results. And, beloved, you'll get so on fire. You'll get so excited about these things that what you'll begin to start doing then is taking it from your life and just causing it to come on to somebody else's life. And you'll begin to see how you then, with that kind of power and authority, can even help others overcome in their situations in life. God is speaking emphatically to our hearts tonight. To some of us, it is a reminder of who we are and of what we have and, and, and of the need to speak things before God fills that pool up with water. And to others... You're just hearing this maybe just for the first time or it's just being reinforced to your life and it's letting you know that you, no matter what your name is, no matter who you are, what your background is, where you've come from, just like these others, if you'll take that verse of Scripture, that text right there, and you'll begin believing in Mark 11:23 that you are the just and you are to live by faith. And if we are to live by faith as He said we are to live by faith, you can start setting some things in motion that will not only loose angels, it will unleash the manifestations of the Spirit. Did you know that? You know the gifts of the Spirit operate through faith? You know, you know we prayed right before we all came in here tonight. We had a prayer meeting. You know that 5 o'clock. We start 5 o'clock in prayer. And we start saying some things in faith and believing. I'm going to tell you something right now. The anointing of God fell just like we said it would. The power of God fell just like we said it would. I'm telling you, touch, people's hearts and minds and lives are being touched in this place here tonight. And people are going to go change from this place tonight with a fire in them, a zeal in them that will not be quenched. And they'll go forth and they'll begin speaking the Word of God. It's going to begin a change in their lives that will absolutely set in motion the law, spirit of life in Christ Jesus and, and put to naught the forces of death. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what God would have us to do. And that's what He wants us to do. Turn that faith up a notch. Find out what God says about your circumstances, situation. And then hold on to the Word of God and let it become life. It'll become life to those, the Word. Notice it said right there, my son, attend to my Word, attend to it. That means get into it, put it first place, look at, find out what it says and, and read it. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Stop listening to what the, the enemy is saying. I'm going to kill you. Stop listening to what the enemy is saying. He's at a rain park. Stop listening to what the enemy is saying. 
The report is, you're not going to live, you're going to die, you're not going to live. Stop listening to what the enemy is saying. Incline thine ear to his saying, I will live and not die and declare the works of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And no weapon formed against you is going to prosper because you belong to me, saith the Lord God Almighty. And start saying what God said about your situation. And my children will not be given to another God, people, or nation because they belong to the Most High God. And God puts His angels around them to protect them in all that they set their hearts and hands to do. And they'll be prosperous in their way and they'll not be moved, praise God. And start saying what God said about your situation. And saying what God said about your situation. And the Holy Ghost leads me. The Holy Ghost directs me. The Holy Ghost guides me. He enlightens me. instructs me. He shows me. Gives me wisdom. Shows me the broad picture. Start saying that, praise God. You'll open up an avenue through which the Holy Ghost can work in your life. You'll set in motion that law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And you'll begin to see an unfolding of spiritual things. It'll absolutely turn you on. Set you on fire. Set you free, praise God. And bring you the victory. Amen. This is how the whole thing works. I mean, I thank God that we should, we should, we should, we should, we should, we should, we should. But this is how we do. I said, this is how we do. This is how we do. Now, don't become arrogant in doing it. And don't put anybody else down. You know, you start teaching this way and and, and invariably people go off and just start criticizing other people because they haven't heard the message or they're they're saying something about how sick they are or whatever their problems are. And, and, And they misuse the authority and they misuse the power. This all works by love, beloved. The Bible says faith that worketh by love. You have compassion towards somebody. I'll tell you, if you find somebody out there and they're speaking words of death, don't go correct them and rebuke them right then. First, love them. Show compassion toward them. If they don't understand, they don't understand. And rebuking and hurting somebody is just going to drive them further away from the truth. You love them, we know, first of all. And then share with them, if you can, the word of life. And if you can, at that moment, pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That their hearts would be flooded with the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. That they'd have a revelation of faith and how it works and the law of the spirit of life and how it works. Beloved, I believe this message is intended to get a hold of the lives of people and change them in such a way that no matter what they're hooked up with or bound to, they can be made free by the power of God. I believe that. You know, we can lay hands on somebody and get them initially free, but for that person to stay free, they've got to get the message of the Word of God on the inside of their innermost being, and they've got to take their place, and they've got to get serious. They've got to know that they're in a battleground and not a playground, and they've got to yield the... Wield rather the, the, the armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and go forth in power and go forth in might and refuse to give place to the devil. Refuse to give any territory to the enemy. And they've got to have a renewed mind that says anything that kills and steals and destroys does not come from God. I'm standing against those things that kill and steal and destroy. And what promotes life belongs to me. It's mine. And that's what I'm going after, praise God. And that's what I'm going to experience in my life. Amen. That's what God is saying. Turn your faith up a notch. Oh, pray. And you know what? Sometimes he wants us to stop talking about getting healed and start walking in divine health, in divine life. Can you say amen? Stop that struggle and start saying, well, praise God. You know, just like John G. Lake, and I encourage you, and please, when I say this, don't view anyone as being untouchable. You know, I could never achieve or arrive at that person's faith and, 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 and also infallible. There's only one that's infallible. Brother John G. Lake was an absolutely wonderful, marvelous man of God, and he, he acquired a tremendous amount of faith in God. And I'll tell you what, he operated the law of spirit of life like phew, no one you've ever seen except Jesus himself. This man had the faith to believe that that law operated in his life in such a way that germs that touched his body died on contact. 
And when the bubonic plague broke out, and, and he proved it, and said, take that bloody froth, and you put it on that, under a microscope, and they saw all the diseased germs there in that, in that froth, and they put it on his hand. And, and the moment he hit his hand, the germs died. And they marveled at what they saw. He did not contract the disease because he believed the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus was superior to the law of sin and death, and he said it. He didn't say it once. He didn't say it twice. He said, those germs can't stay in my body. They can't live in my body. You know, how many of you know that today, even in, in our secular universities today, they are teaching students that the words that they speak with their mouths affect the cells of their bodies. They, ex they, they affect the condition of their bodies. They can promote healing and health or disease. They are teaching that in our secular universities today, beloved. We could have told them that a long time ago. We tried to a long time ago, but they just wouldn't listen. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. I am excited about this because we are now going to begin to look at this from a different phase or aspect and start talking about how you can believe God for great and glorious things as you line up your heart with your mouth and your mouth with your heart and speaking the Word of God. Set in motion spiritual law that's absolutely going to create changes in your life and your situations and also destroy the works of darkness and death. We don't have to be overcome. We are the overcoming ones. Can you say amen? amen? We are the victorious ones. In all these things, you're more than conquerors through Him that loves me. And I'll tell you what, let me just close with His little testimony of what a more than a conqueror is. I know I shared it to somebody a long time ago. You know what a more than a conqueror is, don't you? You get out there and you're that heavyweight champion of the world and you work like a wild man because you've got this, this fight coming up and you work hard. You go crazy. I mean, you are out there running on the road. You're out there in the gym. You're, you have your sparring partner. You are sweating. You are going crazy with all this work. You are seeing to it that you don't eat anything that has fat in it and all that. You are toned up. You are tuned up. You're, you're, your mind is renewed. You, you have one thing on your mind. You are going to get out there and you are going to win a battle. I remember this one individual who is a Korean who was involved in a, in a, in a, in a it was a lightweight, it was a championship of the world. And, and he, he was so intense and intent. And he was so geared to, to, to exercising and developing not only his physical body, but his mind, his mental faculties, that he said and said and said and said and said, I will win this championship or I will die. And he died in the ring. Died in the ring. Died in the ring during the fight. He got hit in the head, knocked out, and died. I will win this fight or die. He was intense. He said it. He said it for months. Well, this fellow, you know, he's a champion of the world now. He's just as intense. I mean, he is, is so focused. He is doing all this. And, you know, it, it requires a, a lot of discipline. How many of you know that in athletics, it takes a lot of discipline to be in the best of shape and, and, and to use the best of your ability? Well, after all this, he finally gets in the ring and he wins. The fight, he's a conqueror. I mean, the purse is like $15 million. Pretty good, huh? He's a conqueror. And, the, you know, the, they, they hand him that check for $15 million. And it was worth the effort as far as he was concerned. All that he did to, to get to that place, that peak condition to win that fight. He takes that check home, hands it to his wife, and she is more than a conqueror. <laughs> That's right. She gets the $15 million. He did all the work. You know she gets it. He's, she's 
More than a conqueror, isn't she? You ready for this? Jesus KO'd the devil for you and for me. He did. Colossians 2.15 says he made an open show of him. Triumphed over him. He put the knot. Him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He brought him down to zero. He's declining to his end. He did it for you. And he did it for me. He's the conqueror. We're more than conquerors. Because we didn't have to do what he did. We just enjoyed the victory. We enjoy all the benefits. We enjoy all the blessings. We're more than conquerors through him that loves us. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand together with me and say, I'm a child of God. I'm born of the Spirit. I'm washed in the blood. I operate in the law of the Spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. That made me free from the law of sin and death. I am the redeemed of the Lord. And I say so. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and word of my testimony. And I say, I cannot be defeated. I will not be defeated. I will not be conquered. For I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loves me. Yea, in all things, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, You're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.